0: Today is Saturday, February 9th, 2019 in Spokane, Washington. This is a special meeting regarding those who have a burden for or serve in the local retreats. There's no handout or scripture verses.
1: We're all endeavoring to pursue the Lord and pursue the Lord's way and His leading. And uh, we're just very happy that we could have a brother, Ricky, here to to help us a little bit. I think there's been quite a burden in us brothers, especially uh, serving with the junior high retreats uh, on how to go on with the Lord in his up-to-date speaking. Uh, we don't want to presume to know things, right? I appreciated some of the prayer. We're, we're here to go on with the Lord. Amen. We don't want to go behind him. We don't want to go before him. We want to be one with him. Amen. So uh, uh, this little fellowship here, we're just opening up maybe the first 10 minutes or so so maybe till quarter quarter till, uh, just open it up. We can open our heart to Ricky and to the Lord. Um, kind of some direction that maybe we would feel to take. Some questions we have, some concerns, burdens uh, concerning the junior high, high school, or summer school of truth, or maybe even the young people's meetings in general. So I think the first ten minutes, if maybe we could just open up to our brother, so he can have something to minister to us and, and shepherd us and in the Lord's direction, that would be good.
2: And, and for, sake, for the sake of recording, uh, when you want to share, just stand up, and one of us, Eric or I, will bring you the mic. Just try to hold it up close to where you're speaking. Well,
0: I think the first burden we have is that we've been changing the content of the retreat, and is there a, a feeling of uh, what would be particular in in your feeling what would be a particularly appropriate topic at the junior high age to cover we last time we covered the uh secure, assurance security and joy of salvation um as we approach this one we're going to concentrate heavily on the joy um but just is there any topics that have been covered in the past that you feel were, were particularly appropriate at that level?
3: Don't wait for an answer. Just everybody share their <laughs> concerns. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll bunch everything together.
0: Just at kind of echoing uh, what what he was saying, we're just uh, we felt like in the past maybe our maybe our booklets and outlines weren't quite so age appropriate, and so uh, e- and even in our current locality where we're shepherding the young people in our young people's meeting, we're just uh, 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 I think the Southern California work has some recommended books and. And then, of course, there's the topics that Brotherly gave for the, for the uh, Summer Schools of Truth. So that's kind of what we've been looking at. But um, uh, I think my, my personal feeling is that the retreats are a component, but uh, especially in the Northwest where we have so many relatively smaller localities, Spokane being somewhat an, of an exception, uh, how how to take care of the young people, you know, in a personal shepherding way, um, and just you know.
4: Uh, you know, I haven't been serving with the young people, but um, I, I mean, I, when we were together, the Northwest Brothers Fellowship last week. This came out the. The brothers and boys in particular have been bearing the burden for the junior high retreat and uh, the boys' junior high retreat and the girls' junior high retreat and just expressed um, just a sense of uh, a need to echo in the body what is the present need with this age group. Mm-hmm. That um, we've been fo- they've been following this line for a, a number of years and just not so sure now. And just opening up uh, what would be, as the brothers have shared, very appropriate. And I I like what Jonathan shared, too, that we realize this is only one component of their care. Mm -hmm. But it's a big component, and it's a big factor. in these these kids, I mean, they look forward to these times. It's a special time. So we realize it's significant. And and the brothers just echo or just voice a sense of we really want to be one with the Lord and make every one of these times count.
1: Okay, another thing that's been brought up to me through different ones in the fellowship is how much time to spend in a meeting with a young person. What's their capacity? How many meetings? How long should they be? Um, Even the Summer School of Truth, I had a brother the other day say, you know, that's wonderful, but is there a way we could spend more specific time with smaller groups of, let's say, brothers Take them on a camping trip, backpacking trip, something where we can spend time with them in kind of their way, if you know what I'm saying. Something that they would, rather than being in a school setting, being in a setting where they feel comfortable, open. So I think we're just open to ways to really shepherd the young people. What that would look like, I I don't know. But I think we're all endeavoring to uh, follow the Lord's leading, to take care of them in whatever way... We can do that it's on. Okay. I was in a meeting last year around the iteral time frame where you shared that in in some lo- in some localities in order to. Just get the attention of the young people. We, we, we may need to consider the way we deliver the messages, u- utilizing technology, maybe PowerPoints, uh, bullets, in- instead of the traditional behind a, behind a podium, make it more interactive. So we'd love to see further fellowship on what maybe other, uh, other localities um, are aspiring to do, just to keep up with the present um, age group.
2: any other questions sisters
5: brothers,
2: sisters, sisters. what's on your heart sisters
6: I mean, um yes uh, one of the question i've been serving with kids since my daughter was small and uh, she's now 27 but <clears throat> one of the things that i always have problem is the time that we spend with them in the cabin reading um it's hard to get them interested in the reading, especially the group, no? I, I don't know other groups, but it's very hard to to make them enjoy that time, and we don't know how to to take care of that time with them, and they are very tired from the meeting. They wanted to go to bed and get ready, and then it's struggling to get them to read something or to share something. Maybe some way to help us to, to take that time more pro- could, to be more profitable
1: <coughs> another thing it seems like recently we've we've really had great coordination, I feel brothers, uh, just opening up to one another even about how much time to spend in the activities, what activities to do because you know the young people, especially junior hires they they need to get out and run a little bit right and uh, how, how to split up the meetings and the activities so that we keep them engaged um, and able to take things in rather than just put the waterfall on them. So uh, I, think, I think it's been very good just to fellowship. It seems like every retreat we kind of have a little feeling the Lord moves us a little bit different direction. and It's been good, but uh, I don't know if there's really a cookie-cutter pattern to do. But But it seems like we're following the Lord, looking to the Lord, how to uh, best shepherd these young ones. So that's been another thing, even the schedule, how to work out the schedule with the young people.
7: Maybe a couple of things that we, the Lord brought to us in all of this is um, that the the junior hires need to be blended together. We kind of stumbled upon it with one junior high sister's retreat a couple of years ago. There was a young sister from, I think it was China, and uh, she's in a locality and she was with five or six other sisters. They all looked okay to me, you know, but um, in the morning fellowship on Saturday morning it was brought out that that group had not accepted her. They wouldn't let her in. And so, boy, I tell you, about broke my heart. So one of the brothers uh, came up with this idea to, to have a, a little icebreaker at the beginning uh, of the day um, for everyone to... So it worked out that everyone kind of got to talk to ones in their age group and, you know, ask them some questions. And then, anyway, after this icebreaker... Um, Everyone was so happy. Even the serving. My wife said, I got to meet some people. (laughs) And um, so that's one thing is this matter of blending. Um, It's something they really want to be connected to one another, I think. And another thing is, um, well, I don't know how to talk anyway, is that if we have a heart to care for them, that's the thing that shines out the most. And... uh, um, if they know that someone cares about them, then their treat meant something to them, to me. So, and then I like this last junior high retreat um, that um, there was a lot of uh, activity. I like what you said, Eric. You know, activity kind of interspersed in between short meetings. Did I get that right? Anyway, that's the way it came across to me. And so it wasn't meeting heavy, okay? There was activity intersp- interspersed between. They seem to like that. So.
2: Uh, yeah, I just wanted some fellowship on um, the content of what's being shared, some, the content and then um, really references and raising up the next generation and how to lead the young people, uh, things that are practical to them. And as the as a sister mentioned, sometimes some of the readings just seems disconnected or not applicable to their situation. Uh, mm-hmm. So both the content and then the uh, the amount, just their just their simply their capacity to receive um, what's presented. Um, so those those are the those are the two items, and then um, thirdly, uh, how it can be carried. There's a portion that we were assigned to read in our for SST coordination time, and it re, it referenced it mentioned Brother Lee's uh, kind of charge to us that uh, that they assimilating of the truth and the way of life is done mostly one on one, and he emphasized uh, emphasized the need for one on ones and the uselessness of large larger gatherings, uh, if there isn't the foundation of one-on-one, um, and how to, how to perhaps, how in your experience has that been <coughs> carried out practically in larger settings or, yeah. Anything further
7: from the sisters? I have one
6: more. Uh, okay. Also, we usually um, memorize the verses. And for some localities, because they're very diligent they're very i don't know how they do it, but we don't have like time to to do it, and then we had to steal it from the sleeping time or the playing time or and it's so hard to get them into enjoying a verse. it's just like a really heavy homework and you no know, most of the girls you no know, especially in my group, they don't want it to do it, and you had to be very creative to do it because there is not a special time to to do it in, in an enjoyable way i don't know if there is something that we can receive help to help them to get into the verses um, another another one over here So for
7: our locality, just in general, our meetings, one thing that I've been thinking about is how can we encourage the different grades to blend? Because I feel like our junior high girls have their own little group, and then the high school girls have their own little group. Um, so just more fellowship on how we can blend the ages. And I feel like if, we, if they blend more, they can learn more from each other and learn to start caring for each other, taking care of each other.
8: Yeah. One on one, with a one or two, actually just one. And so um, I really, I really enjoy this one on one. And I had written down four critical legs that hold up a table of caring for young people, and one of them was one on one. So I, you know, I just repent. I haven't been able to go to the young people's meetings or whatnot. But, but if you have a heart for them, right, and you see the the Lord's need for them to you, at least that's something. But, but on one hand, um, I feel like I don't want to be disjointed from from what the church is doing. Right? Is the church is um, having them read all? In, you know, there's a list. Sometimes you know the church has the young people really reading. So I just think I need to coordinate more with with those that are taking the lead to care for them. But I just also enjoy that I can have a part. By being one-on-one and praying with them or supporting just as part of the church. So that, I don't think that was a question, but just some enjoyment, you know, that they, they are a treasure. They have a treasure. And then after the meeting, so one, the one that I have one-on-one with today, she said, yeah. And so then she poured out what she had enjoyed. Maybe she couldn't so much during the meeting, but then, then they have a way there's a one-on-one they have a way then to be built up and then one of the other ones was companionship and the Saints here they really foster that and one was weekly young people's meeting and the other were events and summer school of truth and retreats those are the four legs I don't know where I got that
5: it was in the ministry well uh, with the summer school of truth we spent a lot of time on. Brother Lee's uh, writings on the teacher training, those chapters. And uh, we just got so much help from that that, you know, our ministry needs to be from our experience, not, you know, <laughs> religious. And, uh, the, you know, the dead letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And then also chapter 20 and 21 in uh, Raising Up the Next Generation also focusing on not being religious but really focusing on genuinely caring for the young people but uh, anyway I think you know we all realize it comes down to what kind of examples we are and how real our life is with the Lord if you know (laughs) one can't bring anyone else any further than they've gone themselves and so um, I think that's we're very aware of that and are eager to go forward that we could bring the young people forward.
2: Often after you sit down you remember what you really, the burden of what you wanted to share but you know the uh, the um, Kind of the charge to take this to bring this, the SST into smaller smaller areas was for partly for accessibility, and then the other part we received some correction and some instruction, as Dale mentioned, from the teachers' training to not conduct it in the way of a training, but more in the way of a restaurant where food was prepared that was palatable for them. And uh, I think that um, I, I appreciated the fellowship that was given just recently from you, Ricky, about the brethren meetings, and about conducting yourself by not saying, Amen! Uh, but rather fitting into the meeting. And I, and I feel like we're conducting the meeting according to our adult viewpoint. And not according to the, the, the brethren that we're serving.
3: I only
8: yeah. really serve with
7: the junior high. Yeah. I serve with the little kids, but they're going to be junior hires someday. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm here just to learn. Actually, I do have a question though about <laughs> how would you know? Um, I have a question. Like, this sounds really basic, but what do you do with all the kids and their phones? We didn't have phones when I was in junior high, and now every other junior hire. I just wonder, like, even like in the YP meetings or stuff like that. I don't go to many, but some. I just think like. How do you, like everything in me wants to just be like, I'll take that, you know, but I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be rude. I want to be that serving one. I don't know. That's all.
0: That's, <laughs> that's very here. good. But so, <laughs> so we do have
7: the junior higher serving Right. With, with, with them. You know, like
3: serve, but do you tell them not to use their phone when they're serving? The ones that serve do not use their phone. Oh, good. Yeah, you got to tell them yeah. don't do that. They should know. They should know. Hmm. I would tell them. Yeah, you should tell them. Well, the other I'm thing telling them you should tell them.
5: <laughs> the other thing, the other thing is, is that the phone is hymbals.net and has a lot of the songs you want to sing. It also has the Bible. So there's a positive side to using the phone.
3: <laughs> I'm not going to answer all your questions. <laughs> but I'll try uh, include as much as I can. You can keep tabs. If I don't get to your point, and there's time, you can bring it up. I may have avoided it on purpose. (laughs) Not to get myself in trouble. (coughs) Because uh, some of the things are too detailed, and um, it's really not my place to tell you this or that, you know. Um, What I will share with you is uh, based on principles, or actually principles based on the Word and what has been shared in the ministry and our experiences, but realizing that our experiences are limited. But all we can do is share in the body something we've gained. And then we always have to be careful in in these kind of settings that we uh, drive the car according to the road. Is also something Brotherly shared with us. So, uh, each of our situations could be a little bit different. We try to be the same. It's best to be the same for the body's sake. Actually, it's best just to be the same in, in, in things. Uh, keep the oneness. Don't change something just to change it. Don't change something just to be different. But, if uh, you know, I, I have I drive a Honda Civic. It's not that big a car. It's not a 4x4. And if I would, and I drive a certain way on streets in New York, but if you put that same car in certain places in Brazil that are not paved, this is the camp that we use there. And if I drive the same way, by the time I get to the camp, all I'll have left is the steering wheel in my hand. You have to drive slower, you have to drive more careful. And then there's certain parts that's paved, and then there's not paved. And if it rains and there's potholes, then you just you have to drive according to the road. So there are certain things you have to apply to your situation. What fits? Just, just what fits? <clears throat> and, and that's rather logical. But in those cases, you don't insist. But that's the way they do it in what what place. That, don't do that. Don't don't fall in, into that into that trap. Um, I, I'm glad that uh, Brother Dale just mentioned the teach, teacher's training book, uh, and someone else mentioned how to lead the young people. That little golden booklet. I hope you've all all read that. Um, those two brief writings. Uh, I, I would say. The help that I've received in service from those two writings is just, uh, I I, I can't quantify it. Um, I was in the teacher's training in June of 1984 when Brother Lee shared. There was a group of about 100 of us before the very first Summer School of Truth that we all conducted. And uh, I put it, I kind of summarized this way. That how to lead the young people, which was, I believe, shared in 1963, how to lead the young people is, is the guide, how to take care of young people outside the meeting. And then teacher's training is how to take care of young people in a meeting setting. Yeah. And so don't be thrown off by teacher's training, and, and don't avoid the book if you're not connected to the Summer School of Truth, Or you're not serving. Or we're talking about retreats. We're not talking about summer school. Don't don't let that stop you. That fellowship will help you in any meeting setting. Young people or no young people. Adults, young people. Small group meetings. That fellowship, I applied in a small group meeting. Actually, that fellowship will apply to the Lord's Day prophesying meeting. The the fellowship in that book. Um, The restaurant. The point there is um, you're trying to minister the Lord to people through the Word. You're trying to minister to them. But, but you, in order to do that, you have to, you have to convert the truth in the Word into experience. You have to use experience to convey it to them then then they get it then they get it but they don't always get it not the first time but we try our best to convert doctrine to experience and in order that's, that's one phrase brotherly uses convert doctrine to experience the the other is and make an experiential impression at least we can do this make an experiential impression that, that the re- receiver of your ministry is left with the feeling, oh, that, uh, you know, I don't have that experience, but I could. And that's the way. You left them with a, with a door into that experience. They may not have taken that door yet, but at least there's a door. Yeah. Sometimes when we share, there's a wall. There's a, and maybe the door is up there and I can't get to it, and it's too big. But when you share and there's a door, and then you leave them at the doorstep, that's the best, so that they can, they can go right in. And um, it's not easy to do that. It takes practice. We've been using this word a lot these couple of days, these two days. It takes practice. Um, <clears throat> several of you asked about material. I could say some, a little bit about material. But my bottom line is, actually, the material just about doesn't matter. What matters is the teacher. What matters is the conveyor of the content. Actually, all our outlines are wonderful. And probably don't ask me because we give long outlines. We use long outlines. And, yeah, we just try to help our brothers how to present those outlines. That's the key thing. That's the key thing. If you know how to do it, short outline, long outline, actually won't be bothered by that. And the kids are left with something. And they're not left overwhelmed. The key is how you convey that. So I don't know which, what exact material you've been using, what new material you're considering and all that. I heard something about characters. That's something else. But that the high schoolers Samuel or... High school. Yeah. I'd like to read something to you. You may have read it recently. This is from the book of... The Life Study of Numbers. Message 7. Brother Lee is... Brother Lee... I forget the context now, but he's talking about how the divine revelation in the scripture is given. And... He's getting to the point to show that in Numbers, you have the Old Testament example of the children of Israel. And so, and so the revelation is given through these types. Okay. But then he says this. Third, the divine revelation is given through the lives of different characters, such as the great men in Genesis, like Adam, Abel, Enosh, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Or David, like we did this morning. For example, Enoch was a weak, fragile, mortal man. But he was characterized by his calling on the name of the Lord. Although Enosh was weak, by calling on the name of the Lord, he was made rich and strong. For he entered into the strength and riches of the one on whom he called. So, we're talking about calling on the Lord. You can use Enosh. This example. He was a weak, frail, mortal man. And then by his calling, he was strengthened. Or you can use David, like we tried to do this morning. And here's a you know, actually um, I cheated a little bit because I was using your young people as practice. Because I'm giving a conference on David next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Four messages. Yeah, actually I'll give two and Dennis Cooley will give two. These two are in F- february presidents day they call it presidents day so lords day monday tuesday that we have a conference we take them to our camp we have we have a facility that we purchased in upstate new york about 90 minutes north of new york city so it's our own camp Camby, or our own lakeside you know we own it and uh, it's not just for the young people we use it for lots of things we probably about 35 weekends a year different events. Um, And not just New York City, it's for the blending of the the Northeast churches. But anyway, we're taking them there. We've had this conference at this time for about 28 years. All our young people, my children grew up going, attending this little retreat. It's the only local thing that we do all year long. The only, like, like, you know, just New York City. It's just our own young people. All the other events are, are for the whole region, you know. And our kids, it's rather intimate, you know. For us, that means 130 people, 150 people. Um, because our Summer School of Truth is 530. So you understand the, the numbers. So just our kids with families of 130. And they really like that, that it's just their local serving ones, and they get to know it them a little more. And it's just been a very special time over the years, so... It's, the reason we do it like that is because that week is, is off from school in New York City. Uh, in, in addition to the so-called Christmas recess and the spring break or Easter recess in New York, they give this week in February. It's supposed to save heating costs or something. I, I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> so we squeeze it in between the Lord's Table and the prayer meeting so it doesn't interfere with the church's schedule. Anyway, that's going to be on David. And in these times, very often we use characters. Last year we used Timothy. That's where those meetings came from. And uh, before that, I forgot it was uh, Abraham or Abraham and Lot. And so the characters, especially for junior high, I like to present th- these, you know. But we actually have four outlines that cover all this thing. It's based on the life study. But, of course, it's written with a view toward young people, like we you know, talked this morning, at least attempted to, to, to convey some points in a practical, hopefully down-to-earth way that's enterable for them. Actually, what we shared with them was the ministry this morning, but processed, that's all. Processed through experience in a way that we hope they could, you know, relate to and and of course some of them confirmed, you know, oh I like this and so on. <clears throat> of course, then they we need to help them experience that. Somebody else mentioned the four, I forgot how you put it, the four something, four huh? Four legs of the table. Four legs of the table. Yeah. When I don't know where you got that from. Um but but the um yeah we, we have we have been speaking that for some time that in the work with young people, with the teenagers, um, really there are four, what I, I like to call them factors, four factors that, of the young people's work that we always have to pay attention to. If you can cover these four, then it's very helpful. If you're missing one or two, there's a couple that are Vital. You can't leave them out. Or you cannot sustain. And they are, the first one is shepherding. I think that's what our sister was alluding to. Shepherding. Personal shepherding. One-on-one shepherding. The second is the involvement of the parents. The involvement of the parents. You cannot bypass, jump over, avoid the parents. Actually, anyone involved with, with young people's ministry, or generally Christians call it youth ministry, um, you must realize you're doing family ministry. You're doing family ministry. If you don't attempt to minister to the family, then you're doing a disservice. You're, You're forgetting, you're avoiding the context of where they are. Their world is their family. Now, yes, some of them Sorry to say. They don't like their family. They try to avoid their family. But that's part of their world. That's part of the influence on them. There's a dynamic there between their parents and them. You have to consider that. You have to study that. You have to study that. And you have to find a way to minister to that. I heard one brother say uh, some time ago. Actually, not, not in the recovery. This was a kind of youth ministry fellowship that I found very helpful. He said, you know, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. We all are given the ministry, or brought in, have been brought into the ministry of reconciliation. Of course, that's to, to reconcile man with God. That's the exercise of our priesthood. But he applied this way, that anyone who does youth ministry is doing the ministry of reconciliation. You have to, as Malachi says, and as Luke says about John the Baptist, the hearts of the fathers must be turned to the children, and the children to the fathers. If we can accomplish that to strengthen a family, we've accomplished a lot. But most of our serving saints, from my observation, only take care of the kids, only take care of the kids, and are missing opportunities to bring the families together, strengthen the family tie. If you can strengthen the family tie, I do believe we could have a, a lower rate of attrition. We're losing too many people in their later years all over north america this is our case with our with our young people maybe not in t- as teenagers although already some and actually in some places that rate is increasing through the years instead of decreasing but the real measure is where are they 5 years after graduation from either high school or university where are they we're we're, we're doing this kind of calculation I have I have a record of all our children from 1983 until now, present. Well, everyone who's graduated from high school. We need to revise it, and we're in the process of seeing where where are they now. Where are they now, and what is our percentage? What is our rate? And 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 maybe there's a certain rate for 83 to 73, those kids, and then 73 to. I mean, uh, 83 and 93. 93 to 2003. We need to compare that and see. We're in the process of doing that. <clears throat> but if we help them with their families and bring the parents into our burden, of course, in your cases, some, some of you, the parents are the serving ones. That's very good. That's very good. But we realize in some cases, it's not, it's not even possible because the parents are not saved yet. Or the, you know, par- um, one-parent families, more and more we have, single- single-parent families, we have this kind of situation. So in a sense, the church has to be more of a surrogate. Well, understand the family dynamics. It's very important, very important. And I would encourage the brothers who are speaking, bring those kind of examples into your speaking. So a lot of our applications is just obey mom and dad, or obey grandma, or obey your older brother. And, and you'll hit 80% of them if you give an example like that. Some will not be in those kind of situations. But most are, most are. So when we, when we minister, um, use those kind of examples. The one example Brother Lee gave us, I think it was in the teacher's training. I don't, it didn't make it to the book, but in his in the speaking. <clears throat> he, he said, uh, um, because he was helping us to apply. He, you, know, you know, in that training, we even did role play. Only saw Brother Lee do role play like that two times. And so there was a group of brothers in the front, and they were like the junior hires. Actually, I think he was the junior hire, one of the junior hires, and then asked a brother to, like, lead the the class for a time to see see how you would do it. But anyway, in the course of that sharing, I forgot what exact example he said, but basically, I mean, consider this. Consider as an example. uh, This was in the line of what he shared. Suppose uh, uh, um, you're teaching on on Genesis, the falls, the fall of man, the fourfold fall in Genesis. You say, oh, this might be too much for a junior higher. Mm, don't go so fast, because actually, that's level one in God's full salvation, which is intended to be for seventh graders. In Brother Lee's mind, an eleven or twelve-year-old can absorb this truth. Yeah, it's just a matter of how you present it. Yeah, and it could be that yeah your presentation yeah not for junior high. So you should serve some either some from serve somewhere else. Or learn. I practice. And suppose this child, maybe they're 13, and they say, well, we were created in the image of God with his image, dominion. And I memorize the verse. And I say the verse. And in the fall, man fell short of the glory of God, which means we lost that. And now, all have sinned and and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And now the wages of sin is death. So, our spirit is deadened, our soul is corrupted, and our body is defiled. So we are under the judgment of God. John 3, 36. If a thirteen year old would give you that answer, how would you feel? So happy. You'd be, <sighs> you'd be so happy. But they go home from your meeting, then they go to school on Tuesday, and they cheat on their test. Or they lie to their mother. Did you really succeed? Yeah. So you have to consider. I would rather, and this is not the way. Again, please, and I don't think you would misunderstand. I think we know each other enough by now. This is just an, an example. Oh, just. A way. A way. Not the way. A way. Rather than saying, the fall of man. What is the fall of man? I think I would just maybe go like this. So, who lied to their mother this last week? Who lied to their mom? You'll be able to tell right away. By the squirming. Who and, and some of them, some of them will go like this. Some of them will go like, oh, oh, somebody told somebody told him, somebody told him. Oh, you don't know. I mean, Lord, cover me. But after meetings, yeah, you may, you, you may have been one of them. <laughs> Came up and says, "Did my mother talk to you?" I said, no, no. Are you sure? I said, no, 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 no. Because the example I used, exactly. But, you know, they're pretty much all the same in some things. If you mention some things, you'll hit 80 or 90% of them. So, if you ask a group of boys. So, anybody here not lie in the last month? You're a real champ. You're like an angel. And how did you feel when you lied? Oh, let me ask first. How many of you got away with it? In there. They'll feel. That they, now they add pride to their sin. Now they're proud of their lying. Yeah. Then maybe you could tell them, you know, do you even remember the first time you lied? You know, I talk about my grandchildren now and again. My Danielita. Mi corazón. Mi corazón. But she lies. She's a little liar. And Everett, too. Isaac's, Isaac's boy. They lie. They said, well, did you just do that? They go, no. Who did that? And who taught them that? My, my, my kids didn't teach them that. So you ask them, do you even remember when you first lied? Do you remember the first time you lied and sweat? Oh, maybe now they start to think. Because, you know, when, we, when we're in a situation and we really lie, you know, your heart, you know, have those lie detector things. That's all on your blood flow and all that because we have certain physical or physiological reactions when you start to lie. You have to become a very good liar. So tell the boys, which of you is a really good liar? Oh, they don't know if they should confess and be proud? <laughs> Take the glory? <laughs> oh, or is it, wor- what am I going to do with that information? Said, come on, come on, you could, you could let me know. Which of you is a really good liar? Scott, I have a feeling you're really good. You, you know, I mean, I'm mean, i not talking about Scott. I'm talking about Scotty, little Scotty, 11-year-old Scotty. Was Scotty a liar when he was little? Or he was pretty good, yeah. So, you know what I mean? You go to their territory, and you walk around there like the Lord did in the, those three days, death. Then you, then you come out and hopefully bring them with you. But later, you don't sweat. You know, when you, when you first get away with a lie, especially from your mother and father, or your, whoever's your real guardian, or your teacher, and you, when you leave their presence, you're like, Whew, oh, I can't believe it worked. But after three years, it's second nature. Now, I ask you, did you ever decide you shouldn't lie? How many of you? You'll get hands. Did you do it? Could you do it? No. Are you ashamed sometimes? Mm -hmm. That's the fall of man. And it happened 6,000 years ago but it, reaches, it reached you this week. Don't you think such a presentation leaves a different impression? Like, oh. Hmm. Then how, then how do you get out of it? Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that now. So Now you have their interest because it means something. And that's just one example. And it's just a way. You may have a different way, a different inroad to them. But the point is, as Paul tells us in Thessalonians, you have to find an entrance. And uh, I'll come to our summer school of truth now. Let me tell you a little bit about our summer school of truth. Um, We actually have 10 days of the truth school up at our camp, which we call Camp Penuel. And we have junior hires and high schoolers. We've we've thought about shortening it for junior hires, but the kids don't want to. The kids don't want to. Um, some of them, you know, they're 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 really little. And this year, we're going to do something. I'm not promoting this, but uh, you may hear about this later. We're going to add our sixth grade group to the summer school. We don't practice that now, and the summer school was not designed for sixth graders; it's designed for seventh to twelfth. But our educational system in New York has changed in the last fifteen years. And the sixth graders are no longer part of elementary school. They still are here, though, right? Both? Both? You go, some are? not Okay, yeah. So our situation is now all public schools, sixth grade is part of junior high. And they call it middle school. So grades six, seven, and eight. So previously we always, and almost universally, preached the gospel at the end of sixth grade to prepare them for junior high. And we realize we're sending some of our kids to middle school not prepared for what they're facing. So we've had actually about 10 years of fellowship. We've had fellowship with some of the senior co-workers. We don't want to do something that seems not with the churches and all that. Anyway, we decided, and this was announced to the church last Saturday, <laughs> last Saturday. Uh, we, we, are, we are preaching the gospel this year at the end of fifth grade and sixth grade. And we have 62 In that category of fifth, fifth, and sixth grade, we have uh, thirty-three fifth graders and twenty-nine sixth graders. So, so we have this target of sixty-two children that we want to preach the gospel to, have them baptized by June, so they can be in our summer school of truth, our whole new junior high group, whole junior high group. So, our plan is uh, February twenty-third, two weeks. is that right, from today, February 23rd, we'll have, yes, an activity day. Just an outing. Because these kids, we, 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 we are in eight meeting halls now, across the city. Kids hardly ever see each other. And, and through our spreading, through eight halls, we disturbed a number of friendships. Do You know what I mean? The kids saw each other every week. Now, new meeting hall. All the adults are saying, praise the Lord, we're taking New York, we're spreading... The kids are, ah. Now they go to a place, they're the only fifth grader. They were in a larger hall with maybe a dozen. Now they're the only one there with a fourth grader, two second graders, and pre-K. And it's like being in a small locality. So we're facing locally exactly what many places face. So we realize we need, as our brother said, blending to to. Strengthen the situation. We need a lot of blending. So we're going to have three blending times. Locally. Locally. And we'll bring the kids together just to get to know each other. And we get some good activities, these icebreaker things that were mentioned, so that we want to break through. Because we have a lot of immigrant children. Immigrant children. Both from uh, uh, Asian and also Hispanic. And that's New York City. You're going to preach the gospel, that's what you're going to get. And so, um, uh, but anyway, we want we, anticipating this kind of clickishness that was mentioned before, we want to have a time, they all get to know each other and, and become friends. We want them to become friends. So we're going to do this, just the three or four hour, something with a meal. Then in April, we'll bring them together and then part activities. And then we're going to start meetings with them. Sow the seed of the gospel. And then in June, we're going to have a gospel conference with them, preparing them for True School, preparing them to be in 10 days of 15 messages. So our True School, these are our guidelines. For the, uh, because it's our camp. We have a lot of flexibility. The first meeting and the last meeting are all together. We have an orientation and a conclusion. Uh, we have three sessions on Monday, Wednesday, Friday evening of the second week where we're, they're all together and w- one of us will share something w- with them. It might be on the boy-girl relations, this kind of thing. It might be on the age, how to face this issue of homosexuality. It might be on the issue of suicide, something relevant, touches all of them, um, and, and it's a, again, it's a, it's a meeting of, even though I said 530 before, that doesn't mean all at one time. The meeting was probably about close to 400. So there's a big, large meeting impact. The junior hires are there. Um, we take turns in sitting them toward the back because the high schoolers are really our target audience. Or we move them to the front for some of the meetings to, you know, just realizing their age Yes, that meeting is way too long for them, but they need this content, and we—it's okay. We'll take care of them in the other meeting, the junior high meetings. So we have some meetings like this to address some things, uh, but all the other sessions, which could be about 15 or 17 sessions, we have junior high in one building, high school in another, and these are our guidelines. For the junior hires, we usually have two brothers to share with them, uh, sometimes just one brother. 30 to 45 minutes. That's how long the, the sharing yes. With the high schoolers, 45 to 60. Yeah. So usually the brothers are on the longer end. So with the junior high, it's probably about 45. High school is probably about an hour. We try to be strict with the time for them. But as is brought out in teacher's training, our summer school depends not on the messages, but on the small groups. So every message is accompanied by a small group of equal or greater length than the message. Yeah. So for the small group to work, all the serving ones have to know the material. All the serving ones have to pray to have an experience to share. And we have an annual teachers training. Annual teachers training, we've been doing this since... 84, after Brother Lee gave the first one, then we have a local, it started as a local, now we have a regional teachers, teachers training. We set aside one Saturday, some areas of the country, do a Friday, Saturday, Lord's Day. In South America, we have a four-day teachers training um, to prepare. Now in South America, we actually have seven true schools, seven true schools taking in 1,300 uh, saints that's been built up over these last 10 10 years. Um, But we have a teacher's training. We go over. It's in these three um, components, our teacher's training. The first is that we cover, somebody mentioned this book, uh, Raising Up the Next Generation. Yeah. Um, You know, in in that book, chapters what? uh, uh, Is it 23 and 4? Are the the teacher's training? The teacher's training? Yes, 23 and 24. Okay. So the book teacher's training, the book teacher's training, right, which is a a thin booklet, just four messages, does not have an outline in it. That's just Brother Lee's sharing. About the restaurant, convert. Okay. When we put, included the teacher's training, into the book, Raising Up the Next Generation, and it became chapters 23 and 4. Chapter 23 has, uh, is, is teacher's training chapters 1 and 2. And we made an outline okay, for that. And then chapter 24 is, is uh, chapters 3 and 4. And we made an outline to summarize the content. okay. In our annual teacher's training, it doesn't matter year after year after year after year, we go over those four outlines to remind everyone what we're doing. And we condense it. We don't have four meetings. We don't have the time. South America, we have four meetings. But we go over the main points of those four outlines because we always have new serving ones, and you should always have new serving ones. And we depend very much on our college students. So we recruit our college students always to serve. They're, they're, some of them are the best ones to, to, to be the serving ones. We call them TAs, TAs teachers assistants. But some of them, actually they're, they're, honestly, they're better than the, the serving ones as far as their presentation. They're clearer. They can relate. And so we, we trust them. We trust them. We utilize them. Um, then the second part of the teacher's training and this is the part that I think the saints appreciate the most is we go through however many lessons that we decide on covering because uh, if our in our case it's 17 sessions yeah 17 sessions and that might cover that might cover all 24 lessons in the book we we made a series of outlines that summarizes the lessons in the book okay most places have 10 sessions most places. So we have a set of 10 outlines, a set of 12 outlines for for those purposes. And what we do is we go outline by outline to point out the key points of each uh, message. And we try to provide a little example when we can. Like what I did before about the matter of lying the fall. With each lesson. We try to give one little example. Just to just to give some guidance how to do it, you shouldn't depend on just that one example. You should come up with your own. And and so we spent at least two sessions to go over the outlines and to, you know, basically summarize the ten sessions. Then we try to spend at least one session on how to have the small groups. And we've developed an outline with ten points how to have small group meetings. And I can tell you that the first point there is on the atmosphere of your small group. The Most important thing, the first day you're going to make an impression. The first day, the first meeting. Prepare for that first meeting. Often the saints lose the opportunity. You know, there's, we have this idiom, right? It's, you only have one chance to make a first impression with the young people too. So with the kids, with the junior hires in the small group, I, I, and I don't serve directly. that I haven't done for years. But when I was with them, the small group, you have ten, eight boys in your group together. And I would have some college students with me. And we'd sit down after we get to know all their names. I said, boys, did you know the best part of the summer school is the group time? I think this is the best group. I think we're in the best group. We're going to have such a good time. We're going to have such a good time. We're going to get into the messages, but we're also going to talk about other things. And you're going to be surprised at how good the summer school is. We just infuse them. Oh, as the week goes on, oh, we have them standing up, pray reading on the chair. and yeah. We had a fun time. But we also talked about some of the things that they wanted to talk. Oh, you find out one boy said, yeah, my, ma- my, mo- my mom and dad, they're getting divorced next week. And we all like, what? Yeah, it was a new one. If we didn't have the group time like that, maybe in the cabin time that would have come out. And we realized, we've got to minister to this boy. And all the boys, you know, I was proud of them. The way they... You know, oh, you know. And you think, junior high boys, oh, they're just, you know, they're like little monkeys. Uh, Yeah, and they can be like that. But, But they're tender monkeys. Some of them, really, they have the heart. And, you know, some of our, you know, the age has changed. Some of our boys, they've already suffered. Been through stuff. With families and, you know, all that. Of course, if the boys are in 11th grade or 12th grade, you don't go like, boys? You, you, don't, you don't do that. There you're like, men, you know, men, and you, got, and, and you have, of course, we're concentrating on junior high here. But, but with, that, with the older ones, you know, so you know brothers, You're coming to a very... This is like before we pray together in the first meeting. You know, sometimes we just come. Who wants to sing? Uh, Okay, let's pray, let's pray. But you didn't prepare them. It's the first time. You sit there. Say, you know, guys, you're nearing. You have one more year left. One more year left before you graduate. You know, once you cross that threshold and even before the one year, you're going to be making decisions that will affect your whole life. And I think, no matter, even if you don't want to be here, and I, I, know, I understand, some of you, it wasn't your choice to be here. No, I understand. You're stuck here, and I'm stuck with you. <laughs> I'm stuck with you, but I, I really want to make the most of this. But I just want to tell you, don't you want to learn how to have God in your life in those decisions, and we, we can help you. So I hope this week we talk the material, but we also talk about your life and where where you're heading, the direction of your life, and things you want to talk about. We're open. We're open. Whether here in the cabin, around the tables, it's not just here. But this group time is going to be the best part of the whole week. I think you could you have their attention within 90 seconds. How about we pray, huh? How about we pray? You'll get, you'll get some prayers. You'll get some prayers. And we've had a lot of experiences, a lot of experiences. I've been assigned, because I wasn't in the meeting, I was assigned the historically worst group, the boys, of ninth grade boys. Nobody wants. they scared away. In seventh grade, they scared away a group. In eighth grade, they scared away a group. So, of course, people, oh, let's give them to Brother Ricky. So I wasn't in the meeting. And it was true. I can understand how the brothers were scared away. But because of the college students I was with, we we conquered them by the end of the week. Actually, we had two weeks, those days, we had two weeks of four days, four days, summer school because of the college boys. oh! But we prayed for them. We prayed for them. It wasn't just technique. It wasn't just technique. We prayed for those boys. And then the, the next year, we three brothers chose to be with those boys. We had a good time, 9th and 10th grade. So it's possible to reach them. But you have to look for a way. And sometimes the first shot, you don't do it. You don't do it. With the little one, with the junior hires. oh, Every time you can do it. Almost every time. You'll, every now and then you'll have one girl who's just too sassy and this and that. And prima donna. You, you can't get her. Girls are harder. Complicated. Females. Isn't that right? Ha 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 ha. I know, you know, little girls. Little girls. But you, there's a way to reach them. There's a way to reach them. So anyway, my point here is the small groups are the way, the key. So in, it, we apply this in our conferences. When we have a conference, we have a message and a group message. Not as many group times. Not as many. It's not one for one. Like we do in the summer school, we're pretty strict. And that's following the principle that Brother Lee said. It's not lectures. But I'd like to also say, don't take that word of no lectures to an extreme, to think that the messages are not important. Actually, the messages provide a very particular um, um, atmosphere, environment, for them to receive the word with a kind of impact, that's much different than the small group. And in the messages, you can say things that people won't take personally. And if they do, it, you, they realize it's not meant to be personal. I mean, they should take it personally. They should. They should. You know. They should apply it personally, but they shouldn't think that I'm talking about you in public. That's what I mean. That oh. My mom told them. That kind of thing. They, they shouldn't have. And if they do, you, you just tell them. It's not true. It's not true. That was the Lord speaking to you. And I've had that a number of times. But in a meeting setting, you can say things that are awkward to say in the group, in the small group, unless they bring it up. And then, the message gives you sets the table for you, gives you the ground to talk about things. But if, you, but if you're missing the message in a small group setting, it may be a little difficult to, to raise up those, some topics. So please don't discount the, mes- the messages. Yeah, don't discount the messages. They still need our infusion. Even though, like, I think it was this morning I told Adeline that I, I also don't remember. She didn't remember something I shared last year. And I, I, I don't fault her because I don't remember the things that the brothers share. Sometimes people come up to me oh, I really enjoy what you shared. And then they say that. I say amen, amen. When I walk away I'm thinking I said that. I even forget what I shared. But certain things certain things that get in and it could be twenty different things in this audience that something, and the Lord knows what they need. So they need that kind of infusion. And in the church meetings, training meetings, conference meetings, do you remember? You don't remember everything that Ed Mark says, but there's an infusion in that meeting that 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 you walk, you walk, you are different. You are different. There's an infusion that works in you, like a time-release capsule over time, the light, the supply. And it's the same with them. And there are some things we've said in public. Let me give you this testimony. This happened recent, not that long ago. Two sisters in their 20s, I think they had finished university. Maybe they were just about to finish university. <clears throat> Same age, they came to me. They said, <laughs> "They said to me like this." They cornered me at, at mealtime. They said, "You have gotten soft." I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "You used to be stronger. When we were in high school, about the world, and about boy-girl relations, and these kids today, they you, you haven't. I have We haven't heard you share that. Ah, like what?" you need to talk about the drugs, you need to talk about this, you need to talk about the fornication, and and our kids need this. So they were kind of adjusting me. So I said, okay. And so one of them gave this testimony. I was in a certain situation. It was with a guy. And she didn't know how she got there, but all she could hear was my voice in her head? <laughs> from that message, when she was in high school, flee. She she said she heard not just the Lord speaking; it was my voice. Flee, flee, and that strengthened her to get out of, away from that guy and avoid that situation. So I, I believe, brothers. The, your voice needs to be in their heads, like that. But that's, that's not from the small group. It's a different... In the, in the larger meeting, maybe you're talking about, actually, we're going to talk next week I about David. We just mentioned three minutes here. I will talk about David in the, this coming conference. Versus Joseph. Joseph fled and was and still, I mean, you know, she she grabbed his coat. Joseph's coats just got him in trouble. You know, just this Joseph's story. Stupid coats. You know. But anyway, let, and, and then she accused him and whatever, you know, you all know the story. But he fled. And he was blessed with a double portion that Reuben forsook. Hebrews. Reuben forsook. And then David, who was a man after God's heart. How could David, how could David fall like that? That's, it's just unthinkable. But it isn't. So we will develop this. And we will speak strong. I'm like, I've been getting ready for like two months for that one message that will be given on the evening of February 18th and getting ready for that message. <clears throat> Remembering those girls' voice in my head. You're too soft. So I'm, I'm saying amen to the body. Amen. And, and we trust that if that word could save one person, maybe 10 years later, it's worth it. You need the big meetings. Strong meetings. Strong meetings. So be careful never to go too too far. And again, I'm not saying give two-hour messages. I actually did that. I can't believe that I did that, but I did that. I did that at one summer school. I gave a two-hour message. I'm glad the tape is destroyed. <laughs> I apologize. I repent for that. And I never did that again. But I had them most of the time. <clears throat> but the the... When 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you can infuse this group of junior hires. And again, I say, in a sense, in a sense, the topic doesn't matter too much. It doesn't matter too much. It's more important the learning, how to come down to their level and, and minister something. I, I would say with this, concerning the deciding on the topic, you just have to have oneness. Among among you all and the brothers, just make sure that the brothers are one. I'm I'm glad this. You had some meeting, you said, in where this came up with the brothers. Yeah. You know, as long as you're covered by the the brothers in the area, then in a sense you could do anything. So I I don't want to get. I'm not going to get into detailed topics. Um, I heard about this reading. You mentioned about a reading list that's in the, what is it, Journey Through the Bible Suggested Reading List? Yeah, all of those are wonderful. If you could turn any of those in two, that's what's wonderful. But, uh, but, the, but the outlines that come out of uh, Southern California, we use them everywhere. We use them everywhere, junior high and high school. It's more the way of how to apply. How to present. How to present. To me, Uh, larger meeting, group meeting. Larger meeting with proper examples. Combined with group meeting where all the serving ones can share experiences. Our training for the group meetings mostly is this. uh, Prepare one testimony for every group meeting. And especially our college students, we ask them. And we say, Don't preach. Don't preach. Uh, But facilitate. Facilitate their conversation. Facilitate. Draw them out to speak. And when they ask a question, don't answer it. Don't answer it. When they ask a question, you say, that's a good question. And turn to another one and say, what do you think? Answer your brother. Answer your sister. I'd say 80, 90% of the time, what they say, it, it's, it's good. It, it, it hits it. And then you just, this one says, that one says, the other one says, then you just tie it together at the end with two, three minutes. And you don't overfunction. Then Brother Lee says, as, the, as one brother is sharing, the other brother should be praying inwardly and then watching the eyes watching the eyes. If, if, if Isaac is sharing something and, and, and that, that boy at a certain point goes just like that, you realize, hmm, what was that? That was a response of some kind. Sometimes someone in your group will go like this. There's something behind that. You can say, hey, how about, how, you know, when he finishes sharing, don't interrupt him. But, and, and don't be like waiting. Hurry up and finish, Isaac. I want to share now. You know, we're not competing. But when he finishes, you say, Brother Isaac, what, what do you think if, if we just take a minute to pray now? Just all of us by ourselves. Hey, boys, let's all get down on our, on our knees and everybody turn around to their chair. You give that boy, that girl, who, <clears throat> you know, it's up my eye. But you know there's something there. You give them a chance to contact God directly. Right there. That, Like the whole weekend, that was the time. The whole week of the true school, that was all for that. That's a success. If every one of them could have one experience like that we got them. But you have to be alert. It's not all talking. It's not even all group meeting and it's not all activities and fun. Because yes, I'm, I'm, I'm for that too. To open their hearts and have proper amount of recreation but, but then you can't take that too far because then they're all wiped out for the evening meetings. Because the junior hires fall asleep. They just fall asleep. And they're not even like the, uh, us. The trying to stay awake, they just they just fall asleep. They don't, you know. So, so we we do that sometimes because they need activities, but yes, they need activities. But they also need to be alert for the evening word. So you have to have a balance. Not too. Don't go too far, with anything. So, anyway, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of practice. Um, yeah. What else?
5: Um, Ricky, you mentioned,
2: I, I didn't get it, but you were talking about four factors, and I got the first two shepherding and involvement of parents.
3: Yeah, number three is the weekly labor. Okay. The weekly labor on the local level. Mm-hmm. Does not, uh, no, say the weekly meeting. It's not the weekly young people's meeting. Because some places don't have a young people's meeting. But you can have a weekly labor of contacting them. Of taking them out. Of doing something fun with them. Of hiking. I, I, when the, You know, this was raised about having activities and so on. I'm all for that. But I would say, don't do that in substitute of a conference. Or in, in substitute of a meeting. Yes, do, you know, another time. That's great. That, that, would, that, would be, that would be great. Or if you do something, in, you know, afternoon rec. In our summer school, because it's 10 days, we cancel meetings for one afternoon in the middle. Kind of like our Poland does, Poland Conference. And they actually have a hike and do some things, some fun things. They actually cancel for a day, I think. We cancel for an afternoon, and we have a hike, and then we have activities, and extra snack, and a barbecue. And then we just resume in the evening with our regular schedule. So we skip one group time. We skip a group time. We skip the Serving Ones Fellowship. In our, in our retreats, and in our Summer School of Truth, we gather with the Serving Saints twice a day. Yeah, morning In the morning at 6 or 6.30, we pray in fellowship. And then in the afternoon, before the afternoon, group, group sessions. We always try to, to do that. In our Truth Schools... This, is, this ends up to be like a kind of informal training because we, we have about 20 sessions with the serving saints. And we, sh, we share principles going, because we realize we have a unique opportunity of serving saints together. We're not all together ever during the whole year like this. So we take the opportunity to give a little some informal training kind of thing. Anyway, weekly labor. Now, if that includes the weekly meeting, includes the weekly meeting, then we have to fellowship concerning content, and we have to have prayer. We have to have and 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 we hope we hope that we have enough prayer for the young people. It's not just prayer for the meeting. That's right. In many instances, and I'm guilty of this. I pass through that, but and I but I gained a great distaste from, for serving meetings like that, where all you're focused on is the next meeting, activity, or so on, and, and we don't pray for the kids. By name. I mean by name. That's why in that little booklet, How to Lead the Young People, he brings up this point that if you ask him how to start a young people's meeting, he said you start a young people's meeting with no meetings. I would do it with no meetings for a year just contact them. So, of course, that doesn't mean if you have a meeting, cancel it in order to, you know. But <clears throat> our situation is that we have new halls and districts now. For the last we we added four halls in 2017. This year we're planning on on adding one hall and and raising up two churches in our area. So, those places don't have young people's meeting. So we will encourage them for the first year, don't. Have a children's meeting, but just shepherd, 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 contact. contact. So when we had our hall number two in, in New York City, which was back in 2003, um, we practiced this. We practiced this. We had some young adults, uh, some of whom had gone to the full-time training and were and served on the YP team there. And they were raring to go. Uh, now we're going to set up a young people's meeting. And I asked them, could we not? You, you know, didn't you read this booklet in the training? Could we not? Could we just try this? Because you only have this opportunity every so often. And so for 18 months, we had no young people's meeting. But we had a young people's coordination. We didn't gather every week, but we gathered about once a month. And there's no meeting to pray for. There's no, there's no event to pray for. All we could do is pray for the five kids that we had and then talk about who contacted them, who's been with them, and we traded notes. Every one of those five kids had at least one shepherd. Some of them had three. So when we started the Young People's Meeting, a year and a half later, we actually had more young people by that time. Instead of starting here, we started a little higher, a little higher. So... What Brother Lee said there works. Yeah. The fourth leg of the table is the annual events, like the conferences, what you're talking about, the retreats, and the Summer School of Truth. So shepherding, parents, weekly labor, regional events, or sometimes national. Yeah, like that. And so much attention money, resources, time is spent on the fourth one. Attention of the saints. And when you're spread out and some places have only one kid here and there, I understand. It's really partic- it really means a lot to those kids. And the kids look forward to our, our... Even we feel, oh, it hasn't hit the mark, not the best. But they really still look forward to, for the most part. But we, we have to have the other... Amen. I think I'll stop here.
1: Yeah. um, I think we could go for two hours. I think we should take care of our time because three hours from now, we'll all be here again together. All refreshed. Yeah. (laughs) Can we have a strong amen? Amen. Thank you. Yeah, let's pray. Amen.